I like that I I always he listen to what people are saying and I always listen to what um, worshipers say um, I can I can feel connections with what what people are saying and I had um, something in my heart and I felt like this is my personal message not not for the church this is for me personally but uh, I was um, searching more about what I've received and I realized that this is not only for me this is more for church um, and it might sound a bit strange to some people, so I am going to be clear enough. Um, and um, I don't want to, I, I want to be concentrated and I want to stand on the main foundation. Um, as, a, as Christians, if you are Christians, our foundation where we build our trust and our and our faith is standing on the Bible. Uh, John Peterson said that um, Christians are books. Um, I don't. I. I don't think this is. Uh, this is. Um, I don't agree what he said. Um, not entirely, but. Um, but I believe that we, when we build our trust on the Bible, if we believe, we wait for the voice of the God who is alive. We wait until God starts to speak to us personally. And uh, I have no doubt that there is a lot of people um, who have experienced God's voice personally. Can you put your hand up if you have heard his voice before? Yes, the Bible is the, the foundation, the main word, but God can speak personally to us. He can speak to us and he, he can speak through us. I am saying that uh, to be a Christian is to have a conversation, to have a dialogue with the God. It's not your own doc doctrines, what you are doing every day. This is your conversation with God. You speak and you listen. And in the same time, it's a dialogue with someone who is not too far from you, who, who might be next to you, um, to someone who is next to you, who is talking to you, then you listen to this person, and then you listen to what Holy Spirit is saying to you. And there is um, a f fancy word, I say fancy in the Bible, the word is in the Bible, uh, the word is prophecy. Prophecy is a God, uh, is a vo uh, God voice in a certain situation for for a group of people. It's, a, it's a so simple. God speaks because this is dialogue and when he got when he speaks, it could be prophecy, then he speaks personally to you or he, he can speak to someone else. When, uh, when you uh, 
um, when you hear God speaking, there could be three categories of people. Um, some of them might say, oh, I really wanted prophecy in my life. I really wanted prophecy in church. God, please speak to me. God, what you are saying today, this is one group of people. And there is another group of people who are skeptical because um, they heard different teaching or maybe they haven't heard any teaching. They might be skeptical because they experience toxical prophecies in their life. Uh, maybe someone came and prophesied in their lives so much and they don't want to have anything common anymore. And um, it could be a group of people that who say or who declare that God speaks to them, but you can see absolute chaos in their life. And there is and there is a group of people who can say like what you are talking about. They don't have no clue. And I would like to speak to everybody. And I don't want to speak because from my own understanding, uh, we are going to go through the Bible and we are going to see what the Bible is saying about it. And I believe that the time is coming that we must hear God's voice. We must. And we must um, to hand over his voice to somebody else when we hear his voice. Um, so we are going to read, um, we are going to read uh, Genesis chapter 1 and the second verse. Now the earth was formless and empty. Uh, so interesting because I was going deeper um, and I was thinking about, uh, about uh, the Spirit of God. And in Hebrews, there is a word which means it was speaking um, about God who was breathing. And what happens when God breathes and speaks same time, then God creates entire uh, world. And then he creates a human being. He created human being from dust and then he inhaled into this human being. And there is again the word Ruach, the spirit which was hovering upon everything created the human being. But um, the sin came and the human being lost it. And this Ruach vanishes because um, in its place comes the sin. But the God is gracious. And we can see that in Old Testament, God uh, hasn't stopped speaking to people. people uh, God continues to speak to people. And uh, in Numbers, the book of Numbers, and when Moses was 
talking to um, to God, and God was talking to um, Moses. It says, then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke with him, and he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the seventy elders. When the spirit rested on them, they prophesied but did not do so again so god gives his spirit ruach to 70 people for them to prophesy it's so simple to prophesy is to um to give god's words to somebody else to share the his word uh, word with somebody else and there was a situation um, those 70 people who experienced the Spirit, they were prophesizing and, uh, between other people, and the other people started to prophesy as well. And uh, Moses' companions came to Moses and they say, tell them off, and Moses, and Moses said, replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And we are talking about the spirit and um, Ruach, Ruach, God wanted Ruach to be with everybody with all the people and if you know the old testament that you know that um the spirit was giving to um chosen people the people were speaking about god they they speaking to nations but they they their prophets that was in the old testament but now we come to the New Testament and speaking about Evangelia of Joan, it says that it says that God became prophecy, which was alive, because um, people people needed uh, salvation. And it doesn't matter how the prophecy sounds, but the root of the prophecy in the Old Testament was to save people. And this prophecy was alive in Jesus. And Jesus lived with his, um, with his people and he died because of his sins. He rose from death and he said, in John's 20 and what the that he breathed on them and said receive the Holy Spirit and again Ruach speaks here accept Ruach from the first beginning what we were saying about Genesis and Ruach was giving to a human being the human being lost Ruach because of the sin and after the resurrection of Jesus uh, Jesus said that he wanted Ruach to be given back to people 
and then we come to um, works of apostles and what Jesus promised comes as a true and people gathered together to worship and to pray and they receive Holy Spirit and they start to pray in tongues and they start to prophesy and so many people who there, there they understood what happened and they said we can hear what is happening here we can hear that you uh, worship Lord through your mouth so this is about Ruach again about the Holy Spirit and the Ruach can start being active in the people and and then Peter stands up and he starts to uh, explain what is happening in Acts 2, 16, 18, it says, Peter says, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young man will see visions. Your old man will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit ruach in those days and they will prophesy. Voila. And now, and they are not div like people who are um, separated, but everyone who is in this room, they behave as prophecies and they declare God's word, which can lift, um, which can uh, um, worship. Uh, someone who gave the word to them and then we have letters of Paul's first of Corinthians what was at the beginning um, Paul receives instruction for the church and he says I would like I would like everyone of you to speak in tongues but I would rather have you prophecy that one who prophesies is greater than than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified and now I can I am speaking to you we don't need to be afraid but according to Paul and to other prophecies, we need to desire the gifts of spirit to be able to prophesy. And in the same chapter, Paul says that he wants everybody to prophesy. Uh, so it's not like um, only for uh, one meeting as special superstars can uh, prophesy to everybody else. But now he's speaking to the Church of Corinthians. Um, in this Church of Corinthians, there there are um, strange things happening. But he was talking to the people, in, you know, and he wanted them to prophesy. 
And if you read the letter, you can understand that he was telling people off, but the same way he's saying that I wanted you to prophesy. Everyone, everyone, small, little, tall, woman, man. Why? Because prophecy builds the church. Without prophecy, the church can go um, further to move forward with difficulties. But if you know, um, between Christians, there is a lot of domination, denominations, and one of um, uh, very one of the biggest um, parts um, it says that I, I I want to speak about my experience, my personal experience, and think about your personal experience. If prophecy doesn't exist today, and if God doesn't exist, then we have to leave thousands of um, thoughts why God was speaking to us, um, to people those days. Communication, communication with people is communication, is dialogue with God. And if we don't have um, a chance or possibility to hear God, then what? What else? What next? Then I am by myself then. And if you are talking to people and you don't give opportunities to someone else to speak, then you are talking to yourself. You are not listening to someone. You're just talking. And, you know, speaking about First Corinthians chapter 13, verses 8 to 10, love never falls, but where there are prophecies, they will cease, there there are tongues, they will be stilled, there is a knowledge and will pass away. Um, I am saying that God loves hasn't um, finished, but here says it has finished. When this is going to finish? When the perfection will come? Is this like a canon of biblical terms? I don't know if this is perfection, but speaking about global church in today's situation, that church is not perfect. Uh, one church is saying one thing, the other church is saying the other thing, but they use one Bible. But we don't need to be deceived because Paul is saying in the same letter, and I, I have a feeling that God is speaking about Jesus. When Jesus will come, will appear, when, will, when he will come back, then we will see perfect world. Because all the prophecies, they speak about Jesus, who is perfect. And if we come back to the same encouragement to sum up, you know, Paul is saying that for the church, we need prophecy. Why we don't have it? Or why we practice prophecy so little? Because we have no understanding what is prophecy. It's like a mystic. Yeah, 
it, it feels like we sh we have to hear like um, sub like a supernatural voice from the sky or something. Yes, you want to laugh, isn't it? And I can see that from the same from the Bible, God was speaking loudly in the Bible, but uh, mostly God speaks quietly. And sometimes it feels that this is only your thought, little thought, or maybe vision, vision or thought. And the only uh, difference that inside of you, you can see the root, you can feel the root of this thought. Uh, this is complicated, I know. Okay, we can continue. But this quiet voice, why you are speaking quietly, God? Because he wants intimacy with you. If you are married, you know that this intimacy is not when you are shouting, where are you? Come here. I love you. Listen, intimacy is when you are together. Maybe somewhere might be chaos, but you are whispering love words to each other. This is intimacy, and I believe that God desires intimacy with us. Simple. We can have a little experiment. If you are not scared, close your eyes. Just close your eyes, please. Can you hear a voice? Who vo whose voice is it? Your voice. My voice. Oh, because you know me. You know me, and you know my voice. But I know that you don't know me enough. You spend more time with Jesus. And if you can uh, identify my voice, you must be able to distinguish or identify God of Jesus because you are with him 24 hours. If you are still with your eyes closed, please open your eyes. But you know, who are Christians for a longer period of time, you know that this is only theory and practical. Um, in practice, this is different. And how to, and you know, to be able to hear his voice without any risk to fail, practically impossible without practice, which is, which is going to have sad moments because without failing it is impossible to hear his voice clearly and you know these fails are not really comfortable they're not nice and sometimes you f you are like this i believe that god is talking to me uh, and um, someone else might look at you and might say, oh, I haven't heard anything. I don't think this is God. And you've been there. If you practice, you have been there before. But before failing, we are not able to hear his voice, understand his voice. And I was thinking about fear. Uh, speaking, especially speaking about fails and uh, mistakes, you you don't you want you don't want to be full, and um, and then um, you know your prayer 
or your uh, Christian life becomes statical, I would say, um, where you speak mostly you speak and from your own understanding by leaning on your own knowledge you trying to solve your problems with your understanding you try to do what god can do only only him can do things or you from your understanding you give um, an, an advice to somewhere someone but there you need prophecy to be able to give advices. And if you don't practice, these advices are not really good advices. And, uh, you know, to be honest with you, I was thinking, and I think that the prophecy is when God is talking to you, he is inviting you to spend some time with him. He's inviting you to to tell him your thoughts, your heart position, but at the same time he's inviting you to hear what he is saying to you. And the prophecy, uh, why the prophecy is so important for church, with all the mistakes, um, speaking about Corinthians, the letter for Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, it says, But if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, they are convicted of sin and are brought under judgment by all, as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. Please remember, before we spoke about that the prophecy is given to church, to strengthen church, and here it says that someone who doesn't believe comes to the place where people prophesy, where people declare words of God. Those people who don't believe will be touched, will be moved by the word of God. And in the other world, these people or a person will convert. So our part is to hand over the word of the God to somebody. And if we are not listening to God, if we don't spend time with this in this intimacy with him, it would be really difficult for us to do what Paul is saying to church. And, you know, speaking about questions uh, such as, God, what are you doing? What are you talking to me? God, what are you talking to someone who is sitting next to me? God, what you are talking to my work colleague? God, what you are talking to this situation? Not what I can see, but what you are talking. I don't want to lean on my understanding, but what do you know? This is the main questions we need to raise as Christians. Even when we come to church, we need to ask God, God, what are you talking? God, what are you talking to Svetlana? What are you saying? And, and you know, um, at the end, I would like to say um, just a few, um, just a few, um, uh, 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 um, a while ago in Kenningtown, I don't know what was happening. Probably we ha we were having a meeting, or and uh, we had a very long prayer, and I was very very tired. Um, 
probably it was like 10 in the evening and I really wanted to sleep. But inside I had like mind with us, you need to stay and you need to continue to pray. And I was praying in Lithuanian language and I was praying in tongues and I was asking myself what I was doing here. And I stayed there in faith. And after the meeting, one woman came up to me and she said, Manfidas, I just wanted to tell you that during prayer, um, I realized that God was saying to you that he is so proud of you that you stayed today and you he heard your prayers and I was really, you know, I was really moved. I was really supported. I have another example. One of the brothers was uh, um, praying for somebody who was very tired and who couldn't sleep. And the brother was praying for this person. And during the prayer, he began to see a vision. It was an elephant. How can you connect an elephant and sleep? <laughs> how can you connect it and this man who was praying for this person he was he said to god god what do you want me to do with this elephant and god said just say just say and this person said to the person who wanted a prayer he said an elephant and then they had a conversation and uh, the person who wanted a prayer he say he said that he had a lot of statues of elephants in his house and uh, the brother said to him he said i think god wants to tell you that you need to remove these statues from your house and the sleep is going to come back to you and I was in Barcelona a while ago and I went to one of the churches I came um, to the service at 9 p.m. and then I realized that I need to wait until 11 o'clock uh, to be able to hear a sermon and then I realized that I need to pray and I started to, s to see visions the divisions of sand desert and I felt like oh yes I am in Spain so this is normal but then I started to have encouragement to approach a prayer after the sermon and to tell her about my visions I came up to her and I said hello hello I am this and this and I want to tell you what I received during my prayer and I am talking to her and my English wasn't really good at the time while I was talking in, to her she started to cry and I, I am talking to her and she's crying more and more and more and more and I feel like this this is not a very sad vision. Then uh, as soon as I finished, she said that you told me the whole story, history of my church. And uh, we were raising, she said that she was raising questions to God, where God is leading this church. And um, at the end, um, David Stand is coming and um, I was there 
a while ago and uh, there was Amanda Cook, she was worshipping and uh, there was my friend who is a dancer, he was attending David's stand uh, at the time and he was, he he had encouragement to go up on a stage and start dancing and he knew Amanda Cook and he came to her and he said is it okay if I come up on the church and if I start a dance and he started it she said okay and, she, and he started to dance and it was an interesting dance and then outside I was talking to him and Rolandas you were there and you saw the dance and I was standing there outside with him after his dance and uh, people started to come to us and they said to him thank you for this dance because I was set free and another man came up to him and said thank you for this dance because um, shame disappeared and another man came up to him and said, oh, thank you for this dance because I can worship Lord now because before I couldn't. Dance? Really? And then you can, you can see when you allow this Ruach, the, the, the Spirit to work through us, people begin to you know to experience something the chains starts to break and our part is to be there to serve each other are there going to be any mistakes there of course and you know at the end uh, um i heard a um, one uh, one pastor said because he was um, getting visions he said that the church is like a kindergarten. If you work in kindergarten, or if you've been there, that there you can see a really good chaos, chaos, chaos. I've been there a couple of times. Children are crying. Oh my goodness! If you have more than one child in your house, you you know that this is a private nursery. They are screaming and they have so many problems, but at the same time, their life ha there is life happening there. We share their emotions with each other. They can push, you know, one another, but then they can help them uh, them to stand up but there is some boundaries and rules and they have teachers and I think um, a very good example of a church where we grow where we make mistakes where we communicate to each other where we forgive each other we forgive for mistakes, we can uh, uh, smile at each other, and a very op opposite, and very opposite um, picture where is perfect, perfect tiredness, uh, perfect um, life. Uh, few, um, it's not funeral. Is um, is where dead people are. So as Lithuanians, we understand this very clearly. Um, so there is a very good, uh, um, good boundaries because there are flowers, there are paths, everything perfect.
but this is a place where dead bodies are. So the question is clear. Do we want this messiness, um, con this little chaos, controlled chaos, which is in kindergarten, or we want this perfect chaos where everything is its own places? And uh, I believe that people are not going to get up from uh, uh, their places. And I raised this question to myself because I saw those different categories of people I was speaking at the beginning of today's service. And I am not sure that I am ready. But if you are with me today, um, you are ready to risk and say, God, your will, according to Paul's letter, according to your word, that you want to speak to us, you want to speak through us. Lord, I am here.